Hello and welcome to the second edition of episode 228 of the Waters Waveland podcast. I'm your host, Weishan, and as usual, I've got Tony with me here today. Um, Feels well, like deja vu all over again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, uh, thanks to Tony's laziness, uh, you know, we've, uh, we were supposed to post this uh, last week, but, uh, you know, it, well, things happen. Uh, Just so, me being me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you'll get to listen to, uh, well, before we get into the topic that we're talking about, which is uh, automated biosystems, you get to listen to Tony basically ramble on about what he thinks about the royals and uh, America's obsession about them. It's very Um, important that our listeners know what my thoughts are about the royals. So, yeah, I think that we have to keep that in. That's good. (laughs) Well, you were quite adamant that you wanted it cut out, but I think, yeah, we'll keep it in. It's entertaining. So, (laughs) well... Till next week. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to episode 228 of the Waters Waveland podcast. I'm your host, Weishan. And as usual, I have Tony with me here today. Hey, T, how's it going? It's good. I'm drinking a beer from, uh, there's a new uh, bar, a brewery that opened up just down the street, like a five minute walk from me called Talia, owned by uh, two female brewers, which you don't often see i I don't know how rare that is but uh they make this hazy west coast ipa it is quite delicious they had uh their soft opening today they're officially opening next week so i'm excited so i'm I'm in a good mood way shan describe what a a hazy west coast ipa is for it um the 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 less um so listen i'm not going to give you the beer snob (laughs) way of saying it you know so basically it's just it's a very thick rich very dark hazy um, a lot of sediment in it. Um, it's heavy. It is uh, juicy, kind of has like a very kind of fruity, juicy kind of uh, taste to it, which is um, uh, how West Coast uh, style IPAs are. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, they, they do a good job. I would give it a, on a scale of 10, I'd give it about a seven and a half, eight. Pretty good. Okay. Well, for all you listeners that don't know, Tony actually rates his beers and has them in a spreadsheet. Well, so yes. So when the when the pandemic began, so I think the pandemic for us began on like March 13th, something like that. So we're almost right at right. the one year mark. It is, it is lucky. That's the, that's my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, I already sent you your present. So whatever. I don't need to remember your birthday now. <laughs> The day the pandemic started in the U.S., great. <laughs> I think it was the 13th. I might be wrong, but it's, it's, it was around the 13th anyway. Maybe the 13th was in my head because, of course, I remember your birthday, Wei Shen. And, um, but so I was like, all right, we're just locked down. So I wasn't going out to bars, obviously. So I started buying, like, just these random six packs because fancy beer stores were able to stay open. They were considered essential somehow. Thank God. I don't know why, but they were essential to me, so I fully agreed with the decision. And so I just started just buying just a ton of different beers. I've just every time I would go out, I would just buy beers that I've never had before. And so almost one year later, and this should probably embarrass me, and I probably shouldn't say it in a public forum, but I will anyway. I am almost at seven hundred re- different reviewed beers that that's not how many beers i've had i've had more than 700 because i've had multiple of these but i've reviewed 700 different beers which when you calculate it's you know it's it's impressive in the course of a year 
<laughs> so yes. Anyway. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of glad that I don't count how many bottles of wine I've had in the past year. Well, I, th- or I think so that, too, or sake or beer, whatever well, it is. Again, this is not something I should probably be volunteering, but I've talked about it many times on the podcast. So, but I've actually cut down significantly on my drink. <laughs> so each night I'll have maybe like two, maybe three beers, you know, something like that. There are some nights that I don't have any. Some nights I'll just have one. Actually, that's probably that. If I, there are some nights I don't have any. If I have one, I'm probably going to definitely have two. Um, but sometimes three. But I don't have four, five, six, ten in a night anymore, you know. So it's funny. It's just I've actually decreased my drinking, and I've quantified it in a Google spreadsheet. Whereas <laughs> I think many people have ramped up their drinking in um, during the pandemic and are now trying to be like, all right, how am I going to come out of this once everything gets normal? But I think also once everything gets back to normal, people are just going to be like. Yo, I'm I'm kicking back, man. Let's let's go out. I haven't seen my 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 family, my friends, whatever. Let's go to a bar, whatever. I think so. It'll be interesting to see how people handle this from an alcohol intake uh, perspective. <laughs> I mean, I'm definitely guilty of ramping up by uh, consumption. Um, <laughs> you know, spent a majority of last year in the in the Hong Kong apartment just sitting and drinking. Yep. <laughs> and, and the year before that, you had protests and everything right outside of your apartment with tear gas coming in through your window. So it's been a fun two years for you, Weishan. Mm, definitely has. <laughs> so, Tony, what are we talking about today? <laughs> well, let's talk about, well, first, I, I, I did want to talk about um, uh, the royal family and Americans' obsessions with it, America's obsession with it, with them. Um and because uh, Reb texted me the other day, she's like, are you watching the Oprah interview? And I thought Oprah, like, got in trouble. Like, she did something really bad. And so she was going on television for a mea culpa kind of a thing, kind of like Ellen DeGeneres. You know, she was, like, really mean to her staff. And so I was like, oh, man, what did Oprah do? And she's like, no, you idiot. She's interviewing <laughs> uh, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry, right? Yeah. Harry, yeah. And she's interviewing them. And I go why would I watch that for like, like, I don't understand why I would watch, like, why would you even think I would watch? I go, I didn't think you were somebody that like, like she'd never mentioned a Royal family. She's like, you got to watch it. I don't know. It's just, and it's just like, it's all America has talked about today is this interview from last night where the shocking revelation is, is that the Royal family is racist, which did, <laughs> if I had to put money, if, if I'm at Las Vegas and they had a bet and they said, is are many members of the royal family racist? I would have been like, <laughs> all my money. You know, even if it's one to ten <laughs> odds, just all my money on that, right? I anyway. would agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> let's not talk about that, though, I guess. Um, let's talk automation, Weishan. And it's going to connect to our earlier topic uh, about beer. And then maybe we'll figure out a way to connect this to our listener, to technology overall and whatever but my buddy paul he's a brewer and that's tough to say even if i didn't have any drinks that's a tough word for me to say um but brewer brewer now now it's in my head um (laughs) sent me a link uh, from craft brewing business and it's like jesus paul why are you reading this but whatever 
and it was talking about how post-pandemic uh, bars might look to start serving these self-serve beer taps. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever had the experience of going into a bar. I did this in uh, the last time I was down in Raleigh, North Carolina. I was at a bar. You walk in. I think I had to get a card. I had to give the bartender. So there was still a bartender there, which this whole just blew my mind. The whole setup was stupid. This bar was stupid. But I gave the bartender card uh, my card. They gave me a card. I'd walk up to the tap. I'd hit the tap. It would pour the amount of ounces that I wanted of a particular beer. So let's say I wanted to really just try a bunch of different beers. Mm. Yeah, that was kind of cool. I could just get four ounces of a bunch of different beers but you're overpaying for those four ounces and it was just it was such a dehumanizing dystopian terrible thing and it just got me thinking about automation okay and what the overreactions are going to be in society because of hey we can automate these things it is easy for everybody to work remotely we've talked a lot about this we don't need to be in an office. We don't need to connect humans anymore. And then eventually it's just, it, it, just it's, it's so easy for the black mirror stuff to start to play out. But I absolutely hated the automated beer tap thing. And it, 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 it pisses me off that, co- that, these, that these pieces of shit that sell this technology are going to probably find a home at a lot of different bars. <laughs> Judging by, I wish you guys could see Wei Shen's face right now because she obviously does not agree with me. Shen, <laughs> what, what's your take here? Well, okay. Let, let me, let me come, up from, uh, uh, come to it from this point of view. I do enjoy going to a bar. I do enjoy having a bartender serve me uh, whatever drink I'm ordering and, you know, potentially be there to interact with me. Mm-hmm. I do see value in that. But at the same time, mm-hmm. I am 100% for self-serve uh, breweries or self-serve bars, okay? Whether they're cocktails or wine uh, or beer, whatever you it is. You me so, Padawan. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's why, okay? We're gonna take into consideration the year that we've been through and how having people handle beer glasses, wine glasses, whatever glasses you put in, you know, uh, with their bare hands. Yeah. They're usually, uh, bartenders don't usually wear gloves, FYI, even during a Tommy pandemic. Tommy does not wear gloves, and God, I'd slap him in his face if he did. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's weird, right, if they do. So I think post-pandemic, or actually not post, we're still in the pandemic, but... Mm-hmm. I think this is the way to go. It's more sanitary. You get to <laughs> basically you 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 take the glass yourself, you dispense of it yourself, and then uh, once you're done drinking, I guess you either use the same glass or you dispose of it. So I think it's definitely sanitary. And for those who are coming off of uh, 2020 a little bit more OCD than uh, they were before, I think this would really benefit them. So this is what we're going to do as a society, right, is create. So we have a bunch of people that are going to be freaked out. And rather than just being like, listen, this is the real world. This is the world we live in. 
get back into it, embrace it. Just we're gonna create the we're gonna create bumper bowling for everybody, right? Just be like, oh my god, there's a f- bunch of people that are freaked out about Tommy at the White Horse handling, and God, the, the way they wash a glass was never sanitary, you know. <laughs> just like whatever. Well, That's I guess the fun. alcohol kills it, but you know, this is this is the problem though. Is we want to. We're jet. We're we're creating, and I know that you're not this kind of person. But and this is why you might be okay with it. But my worry is, my nieces and nephews who, like, it's tough for them to sit there and just have a conversation with you, look you in the eye, talk to you, right? We're gonna create just a world of people that don't know how to interact with one another because you've got to go and have a bartender that breaks your balls and you have those interactions but no we're going to create another way to cut out a human being from the process of living so that you the delicate little flower doesn't have to interact with another human being that you don't know or don't care about that's my like it, going to a bar the whole point of going to a bar now third time when i go to a bar and i don't want the bartender to tell me to talk to me but i give them a standoffish look and stuff like that and they know a good bartender knows <laughs> This isn't the person to talk to, but I like the option. I like knowing that there is a bartender there that I can talk to should I want to. This is gonna. This is the first step toward just disintermediating, disintermediating the bartender from the drinker's experience, just so that the few people that like to go out every now and again to have a drink can feel just a little bit better. Nope, I'm not for it. I, okay, I get your point, but I don't think taking or disintermediating the bartending industry is going to make Gen Z. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Anyway, the the the, the newborns, <laughs> the babies of the world today. Uh, I don't think that is going to contribute like greatly to them not being able to interact with people. They can't they interact already, with people now. They. Like, they <laughs> They can't, they can't. But how much more would having an automated bar system actually contribute to that? I don't I don't think the it's gonna be exponential at all. You go into a bar, okay, and you're just sitting there just looking at them and the bartender says, Hey, what'll it be? And you're like, uh, uh, and they're like, Jesus Christ. And they just go walk off. And you learn something in that. You're embarrassed. Everybody's looking at you. People start making fun of you at the bar. People you've never met in your that's life. That's what you don't want. No, that's what you want. It creates thick skin. It, it toughens you up. And the next time you go in there, you'll be like, I'm going to have my Bud Light for $2.50 since you're not going to go drink a good beer anyway. Because if you, if you were drinking good beer, you'd probably know how to go up and order a beer from a bartender rather than be like god forbid i had to talk to a bartender give me my credit card so i can just go and tap it against a fucking wall and have it perfectly pour out four ounces of beer and what the hell happens to a buyback a buyback is one of america's greatest pastimes one of the greatest things it's one of the things that makes you an adult is a buyback at a bar and now automation is looking to take a buyback when the bartender you you've bought two beers three beers four beers depending on where you're at and they buy you back a beer. Oh, you mean so if I buy a ten, I get one free kind of thing? No, it's it's no? there's nothing written there's nothing written in stone. This is the beautiful thing about a buyback. Uh, I buy two beers. Like there there are some dive bars. You'll buy two beers. The third one, bartender's like, on so me. So yeah, that, that that is part of the bartender service that I would exactly. definitely miss. You know, like 
oh no, I can't, I can't talk about this on the podcast. We'll talk about it later, okay? But like, you know, particularly, oh, nope, I'm not talking about it. But okay, there, so to your point, as a bartending business, as a brewery or a bar, as a business, you know there's, there's, there's a lot of wastage depending on who your bartenders sure. are, right? It's either you spill, uh, your customers spill it, or you give out free, mm, yeah, well, uh, free beers. I hate this. I hate this. No, because, yes, and this is what so many people, okay. I I started going into the White Horse because Tommy was such a good bartender. I'd have two beers, three beers. I don't know how many was. We'll say four beers. That sounds like a respectable number, I guess. And then he'd buy me my fifth beer. He'd be like, hey, this one's on me, you know, and stuff like that. And I kept on coming back. It created business for them. Now, yeah, there are bartenders. That's not that going to work giving... in today's world. Why because not? Maybe, for our, maybe for your and my generation, yes, it will. It creates that loyalty thing. But not anymore, it doesn't. And this won't say the there's no generation. loyalty because you're not connecting with the human. Exactly, exactly. You've just said... You're not at the more that you're not connecting at the human level with that bar. That's what going to a bar is, is connecting at a human level with the bartender, with the people in the bar, with the ambience of the bar. Some people like a rough crowd. You know, some people you like to see a fight break out. You know, I mean, I remember uh. <laughs> up in Carmel, you know, going into McGuire's. I'll never forget. I'm sitting in there and there was this giant guy who looked like Hulk Hogan and he was just yelling at this other person across the bar and I'm talking with my other friend this way and I'm I'm in mid-sentence and I hear this guy out of the back of his voice yelling at somebody else saying what did you say and I just said I didn't say in the middle of my conversation and Jeff looks at me and goes wait what and I go I'm sorry I just heard him scream what did you say and I just in- instinctively just said I didn't say <laughs> <laughs> and then literally a fight broke out like five minutes later. I love that. Now, that's not for everybody. I get that. But, you know, everybody's got their wine bar, their cocktail bar, whatever it is. And you love it when you have that good bartender. That's a skill. And it's not a skill that should be replaced by some f***ing machine. Okay. So this, this is to your point. It is not for everybody. Your, your type of bar is not for everybody. So these automated self-serve type, type of bars, it's also not for everybody. But I'm not saying that they're bad. And I agree to what they are trying to achieve. And I'm I'm not saying that they should be at every bar. Because... It's a weed, Wei Shen. It's a weed. <laughs> It'll just continue growing, is it? Yes. <sighs> yes, until there's the five bars that don't have it. Instead of those bars that have the tap card service of, of taps those being the five bars in New York that exist, one day it's going to be, it's 95% bars that are tap card service and then there's five bars that are still old school. And then it's just crazy old men drunks like myself in those bars. And no one's going to want to go to those bars except for other crazy old people, you know? And it's like, it, it's just... It's just crowd and, anyway. And then we further force people into their own little cliques, right? <sighs> So every all the crazy old men going into this one bar, other people, yeah, no, this is this is the downfall of civilization we're talking about here, Wei Shen. I right think now, I, I think these these type of bars or this type of bar systems would actually be better for the entire uh, alcohol industry because it would make those that do stay uh, as uh, 
what do you call it, bartender service, that offer bartender service, it would make them even better. No? How? They're disin they're, 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 they're out of a job. No, no, no. So some of them are out of a job, not all, right? I'm not saying that. I mean, and I don't think it's going to be possible for all bars to be replaced by this automated bar system. I, I don't think that will ever happen. I mean, I don't know if we're talking Look at about the Jetsons. 20 years. Do you ever see bartenders <laughs> in the Jetsons? I don't know. I, I can't remember the Jetsons. I, uh, don't go off on the tangent on the Jetsons. Okay. Stay in the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Don't so, you worry for the bartender that all these bartenders that have a skill, but they don't have any like this is this is what they do. And for so many, especially in, in anywhere, this is their job. It's not a high school job. It's not their college job. Yes, there are plenty of bartenders. That is what they're doing. But, but it will enable them to brush up on their skills. So let's say learn a new skill. Tommy, Quirk. Let, what is Tommy? Quirk? What let, skill let, is he okay. going to go? Go let's into not talk about Tommy. Let's talk about mixologists, okay? Those that, are, that specialize in cocktails. Jeez, and... They're not real bartenders anyway, but go on. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> real bartenders only serve beer and only to Tony, uh, who you know, wants to go to a bar and uh, see fights break out. Uh, <laughs> Fine. Tell me tell about your mixologist. Tell me about rude. your mixologist. <laughs> so I'm saying. <laughs> That it would so instead of going to a bar and you uh you you order let's say a, a mojito or something like along those lines okay and a lot of bars that the, the I guess I don't know whether I should call them generic ones but anyway a, a normal usual bar they may not do a very good mojito right because they do everything else uh, so I think this kind of technology could actually make that bartender if he if that person actually how the bartender works I like it you've been worried about financial technology for far too long when you are now augmenting what the bartender can do <laughs> using technology no 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 so but it will push the bartender if the bartender actually wants to stay in the business you know, um, and has the skills enough, uh, has enough skills to do that, you know, push them to to hone that skill even more. So to either, you know, yeah, become a, a better mixologist in some way, you know. And Let me ask you this. What? Is interviewing somebody a skill? Yes. It is, right? It's It's that human connection that you could be the greatest writer in the world. You could be the smartest writer in the world. I'm both of those things, um, clearly. Mm. But also what I have is an ability to connect with people. You have that ability. People want to talk with you, and they feel comfortable talking. They trust you. They know that you know what they're talking with. It's, it's in a steel trap. And or when they're talking on the record that you're going to portray their thoughts correctly. Eventually, you know, it's not going to be automated beer taps. It's going to be automated writing services i mean those things exist already today at a very very low level but at the highest level people are just going to talk into their phone into some bot and tell them everything that they know the bot will structure the information maybe there's a, a human on the back end editor that kind of formates it but we're getting rid of that human interaction we're getting this bartender, this 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 tap service is going to take our job one day, Wei Shen. You just wait. No, but you see, this is the this is the exact point. So like, it will it will take away the you know, let's say you're writing up press releases, stories, mm -hmm. kind of thing, which 
then pushes us as journalists. We don't to, do press releases. No, we yeah. do high quality journalism. We don't do which that a shit. Bot, which a bot will never be able to do. You say that now. A bartender, I'm sure in, yeah. in, in 2005, a bartender at McSorley's here in New York City would have been like, no chance a robot will ever take my job. All of a sudden, <laughs> you just look down the street, boom, people are paying with their credit card instead of using cash, you know, because no one uses cash anymore. I'm a dinosaur when I walk into place and I actually hand over cash to somebody. Granted, like, handing over uh, cash in a pandemic <laughs> is, yeah, it's probably not the greatest. Let's Let's bring it back, maybe to a little bit of the capital markets here. Do you not worry that we're finding that the pandemic has created an opportunity for technology to easily invade our lives much more rapidly than would have happened? A perfect example is working from home, us on teams right now. I love working on teams. I get to see Wei Shen. She's you know, 12 hours away from me, 13 hours away 13. from me right now. Um, but we're just sitting here talking. It's amazing. The technology is great. I don't ever have to go into an office again. That's an issue. But now all of a sudden to ensure compliance, now there's all these monitoring things on all my devices, all my computers, everything like that, that have to be put in because company policy says all these, all these different kind of monitoring surveillance tools have to be put in for compliance reasons. Now, everything, which was already watching me, now it's if I want to have a job, I have to have these things watching over me and my every little keystroke and every little conversation that I have. Do you not worry about the fact that it's easier to work remotely and now people are going to be like, yeah, I'm never, I, I don't want to be back. I don't want to hang out. Or when I go to the office, I'm just going to do my work or I'm just going to be the one person. You got to have uncomfortableness. Being in, in an office, being in a bar where you have somebody there that you hate, that's good. That's <laughs> character building. Okay? These are good things. These are things that you learn to deal with. I don't you know. Maybe it's, maybe it's because you're not, you're not a girl. You're not a woman. This is true. I, I am yeah, not. And, is, and this is different. It's you know, a blind spot for me. And, and obviously at different bars, the experience will be different, right? I mean, to be potentially catcalled um, while you're sitting there uh, not wanting to be catcalled or not wanting that sort of attention. You know, you're, you're just hanging out with your friends or maybe even by yourself having a quiet drink and, and that kind of experience happens. You know, mm -hmm. you, you don't want that. Um, but just, just to your point of like working remotely, okay, there's just take... Man, I feel like uh, just you really to give you a real life. Like have to delve into that last little point there, but okay, go on. <laughs> Cause I agree with you <laughs> on that point, but there are bad things that happened. Like there, there have been plenty of bad things that were said to me through, I was just standing or whatever, you bald <laughs> short fat <laughs> you know, whatever else, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So yeah. it, there are bad things that happened, but God, yeah, now I got really watched the, the, <laughs> the road that I, I decided to traverse right here. Those bad things shouldn't happen. Those excessive making feel people, uh, making women feel sexually, uh, um, sexually harassed in um, a bar, in a workplace, those things shouldn't happen. And a good bartender will make sure that doesn't happen in your thing where people are tapping the card on a the wall. There isn't somebody. I, I remember one time, 
I'll give a great example. I'm at the White Horse and I'm with some English friends. English friends have English accents. I'm the only American in a group of seven or eight people. It was pretty incredible in New York City. Go figure. But <laughs> an old Irish guy, and it was amazing that he, American Irish, but he's like, watch that fucking accent you have there. And he starts yelling at one of uh, my friends. I won't say the name. And but a coworker that you know well. And Tommy launches out from the bar and goes, you get the fuck out of here. Just start screaming. Just get the fuck out. Wouldn't have it. Good bartenders, good human beings can monitor protect for that kind of thing. So I don't think that you should be catcalled in a bar. I don't think that that's character raising. I think that a good bartender can protect and keep order where machines create a sterile environment. Sorry, I just had to address that one point there just to make it seem like I also I, I really dug myself a hole there that I had to kind of make sure that I mm. got back. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you that one. OK, but to, to your point of, uh, you know, working remotely and then not wanting to go back to the office because I mean, mm -hmm. why do we have to? Uh, and then that leading down to leading to us not but potentially not wanting to interact with other people like face to face. I mean, oh. just to give you an example of how I lived last year. So most of the most of 2020, I worked from home, right? Uh, even though the Hong Kong office was open, I mean, uh, you were encouraged to stay at home anyway. But for those days that I felt like, oh my God, I've been at home for too long. I need to see somebody face to face and just have a fun conversation, even if it's just about, I don't know, events or like coffee, a new coffee place that opened or something, you know. That's what I use the office for. <laughs> I don't know if it's a, and that's is that good a thing. Good thing. Is that a good thing that somebody's just parachuting in? Hi, hey, you now, let's let's communicate now because it's on my terms. No, and no. Uh, it, it, okay. It, it's not that I went to the office specifically to do that. Obviously, I went to do some work too, right? But I just had the option of talking to other people who but were you there. you had friends at the office. You had, you'd already, now imagine, look at it now five, ten years out when this starts becoming more of the norm. Obviously, there are always going to be people in an office, but these hybrid strategies, if you think you're going to make friends using the hybrid strategy, it's just not going to happen. So many of my friends that I created through work were people like uh, one of my best friends, Pete. I could not stand him. I, I hated that guy when I first uh, joined the company. Me and him, at some point, we just we went to a bar and we talked it out. And now me and him, we're best friends, man. You know, I mean, I was at his wedding in Ireland, you know. That's the difference is. If you think that you're going to create these relationships of people parachuting in saying, hey, I'm here on Mondays and Wednesdays and Fridays or you know Tuesdays and Thursdays or whatever, I guess friendships will happen, but it's just it's 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 it's, it's a problem. And then once that extends, we're just thinking about it from our workplace. Think about every other. It's the second tier, the third tier, the fourth tier things. Once everything in our society becomes automated <laughs> how do you get to know people how do you then you'd really will have two americas you'll have city america and you'll have just not suburb the suburbs i think won't because as more city people move out to the suburbs those suburbs grow 
So it'll be cities, which will sprawl, and then you'll have just rural areas. And then you really do create two separate worlds. Oh, man, I feel like I should smoke some pot right now. (laughs) Yeah, and I feel like I should be having a stiff drink right now. (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, it's 12.30 your time, so it's it's lunchtime. It's perfectly fine. It's actually one thirty, you know, since oh, we're that's right. thirteen hours ahead. Not for much hours. longer. Yes. Yay. All right. I mean <laughs> okay. I agree with you on, on those points, but you know, I don't think this is going away. And the moral of the story here is that companies, managers <laughs> like you, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, will have to uh, not not to say push your your uh uh, those on the you like to connect better it's but you have to kind of facilitate that just in line mm-hmm. with what the company should do so so it, it kind of depends what kind of what kind of message that you the the, the overarching company wants to send right mm-hmm. if they're not if they don't really value people you will see in in either their messages or like uh how they are managing the managers who are then managing those people under them it's an interesting point you bring up because because that's the other reason why there's a benefit of being in an office. In an office, everybody else can kind of see how I manage, right? Yep. Now, people can't see how I manage. Am I doing it well? Am I connecting my team? Or is my team just slowly just fragmenting and just kind of pulling apart? Why are you smiling? God. I mean, I mean, just geographically, <laughs> geographically, we are fragmented, so that's why I'm laughing. <laughs> of course, of course. I but, think, uh, I think actually, we are, uh, we at editorial at Waters Technology, we are actually pretty tight with each other, yeah. and that's, I'm really happy to be a part of this team. <laughs> Good, I won't fire you. <laughs> yeah. So, I think that these are the questions that people have to answer and every single person that was listening to this podcast that made it this far, I think that they should understand that their job of the future, how they interact with people in the future, how their kids, their grandkids interact with people in the future. It's all going to come down to, do we accept just using a credit card to buy a beer and just tap on a wall or do we want bartenders? I think that that's the existential crisis that we're facing right now. And it will, if we make the right choice now, we can spare ourselves a dystopian future. Otherwise, the the the, the future may already be lost, folks. The future may already be lost. Well, I, I, I don't see why we can't create some sort of hybrid system that works well for both. But we will see, okay, who's right 10 years down the line, maybe even less. <laughs> You know what? This is the discussion for the, for the next podcast. I'll bet you that our, our mindsets on this are shaped by I'm an American, you're Malaysian, growing up in America, growing up in Asia, stuff like that. It, I bet you that, that changes the way that we think about these kind of things. Hmm. But I don't know that we can really get into that, right? We've already rambled on fair long <laughs> enough. But I think it's maybe for the next podcast we can discuss that. <laughs> that actually is a good topic. Oh, yeah, we'll leave that till next time. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this and, uh, well, until next time.